This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 119, about Gotham, A Dark Knight, season 4, episode 14, Reunion. I'm David Mizzouz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lloyd-Taylor, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, Gothamites. Welcome back, fellow detectives. This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 119, where we are looking at episode 14 of season 4 of Gotham, Reunion. Yes, a lot of people are getting reunited here Mm. in this episode. And it's all fairly warm and fuzzy because of it, which is really nice. But there are also not so much reunions, but a few splits as well. We say uh, cold and prickly for those ones? Yes, yeah. cold and prickly. But without further ado, I am one of your hosts, John. And I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Welcome back. Yes. Um, yeah, great episode here again from Gotham. Mm-hmm. They are absolutely solid as a rock yeah. um, this this season. They really, really are enjoying each episode as they come. And in some ways, they cannot come fast enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really want to see how this all develops. Um, you know, we've had people apart who are coming together. We've had people who are together finally splitting. And we have um, just so much more craziness as Ivy is going on the rampage. Um, for her dastardly plans to revenge the death of her pretty, pretty plants. Yes, but all that coverage of Gotham Season 4, you can grab it here on Gotham TV Podcast. Please head on over and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Please share the love and share the podcast. You can head on over to GothamTVPodcast.com and go to the subscribe area where you can get any of your good or evil podcast catchers of choice to listen to Season 4 of Gotham on Gotham TV Podcast. And... Given that this season is a dark night, talking about another night, um, but this time Wolverine The Long Night, a 10-episode scripted podcast which is exclusively available on Stitcher Premium and stars the awesome Richard Armitage from both The Lord of the Rings, Hobbit Trilogy, as well as Hannibal. Mm -hmm. And he is playing the titular Wolvie in Wolverine The Long Night, which is a Marvel scripted podcast. You can head on over to stitcher.com forward slash premium and enter our very own promo code DEFENDERS to get a free month of this podcast on Stitcher Premium. Two episodes have already dropped, which have been really, really intriguing. Yeah. And it's very much like a detective investigation. So if you are a fellow detective, this should be right up your street. Mm-hmm. And of course, the third episode of this scripted podcast will be available Oh, today, actually. I think the 19th of March. Yeah. Yes. Uh, every Monday, uh, there'll be a new episode released until all 10 episodes of Wolverine the Long Night are released. I'm a big fan of podcasts. As you probably know, being a podcaster, I listen to loads of them. And the production values on this is really good. It's very like the kind of BBC audio dramas that used to be done. And are still done. Some some of the ones that I've loved are things like Neil Gaiman's um, audio dramas that they've done with a full cast. There's sound effects in there to make you feel like you're in Alaska. There's some really cool stuff going on there. So we'd love if you 
listened along uh, to Wolverine Along Night as well. You obviously like, obviously like podcasts. You're joining us on our podcast for 119 episodes. So hopefully you'll enjoy that as well. And it's a nice little gift from Stitcher to our listeners for our Defenders TV podcast and for Gotham TV podcast as well. Yes, and it's hopefully something that you'll really, really love. And by using our promo code DEFENDERS, you will be supporting uh, our podcast, Gotham TV Podcast and Defenders TV Podcast. And of course, if you've never been to the Defenders TV Podcast, why not head on over there where we are covering the Marvel Netflix Season 2 of Jessica Jones at the moment. And again, another great investigative series um, of Jessica Jones Mm -hmm. here where she is trying to find out more about her past Uh, which is leading her into all sorts of trouble and all sorts of danger. So if you're interested, head on over to DefendersTVPodcast.com and also listen to our Jessica Jones coverage there. And not just Jessica Jones, we're also doing Doctor Strange Damnation, so a Doctor Strange comic book run, which we've never done over on Defenders TV Podcast, but some of our long-term listeners on Gotham will remember that we did used to cover comics over here uh, at the beginning. Before we had 22 episodes of a show to cover, we had loads of time to cover some comic books. Yes, Gotham Central, which uh, was a fantastic comic book series by Ed Brubaker, uh, all centred around the GCPD Mm -hmm. in Gotham and their trials and tribulations in a city filled with supervillains and, of course, uh, the Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. A good template for the beginning of Gotham. Uh, it's changed a lot over the years, um, definitely from that original template, but uh, we've enjoyed it. And it was a great way to set us up for that pilot of Gotham. We now know the characters and we know the show, uh, so we don't generally go back to comic books because they're not based on the same material. So, But I think with that, John... Should we get into the episode? Yes. Because I want to talk about this one. This will be a spoiler-filled review of episode 14, Reunion. Derek, what are some of the episode details? Yes, this episode was directed by Annabelle K. Frost. If you, like us, watch the credits every week, you'll have seen her name come up on as a producer for Gotham. Right back from the pilot, she's been listed for 57 episodes of Gotham as a producer. Uh, But this is, weirdly, her first directorial debut on Gotham. This is the first time she's been behind the camera and behind the scenes directing the whole show. So congratulations for the jump over uh, from producer to director, Annabelle. Yeah, congratulations, Annabelle, for um, moving from producer to director. Um, a really, really good episode here mm-hmm. and some excellent camera uh, angles and framing shots for sure. I in particular loved how all the bodies in the bar were slumped over the bar, mm-hmm. slumped over their bar stool um, with Ivy's deathly flower sprouting out of their bodies. Yes. Really nice shot in that kind of dark and moody bar atmosphere as well. Yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. But who wrote this episode, Derek? The episode was written by Peter Blake, also a producer, who has uh, got listings for about three or four episodes of Gotham in the past. Uh, but he did write A Day in the Narrows, which was episode seven of this season as well. So two people that know Gotham very well uh, overall, and I think that kind of shows in this episode. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. Bruce tries to make amends with Alfred, but Alfred still needs to be convinced. Meanwhile, Ivy's plans gather pace as she picks her next targets, leading Gordon and Lucius back to an old friend, Harvey Bullock. As the day turns to night, Ivy, Bruce, Alfred and Jim converge on the annual Wayne Foundation dinner, where Ivy intends to kill all the guests. In the Narrows, Enigma struggles with the return of the Riddler into his consciousness and tries to rid him once and for all from his mind 
as he voluntarily returns to Arkham Asylum, but he is in for a big shock as the Penguin and the Riddler reunite. Mm. The narrows experience a regime change as Sophia forcibly takes control of the district from her sister-in-law, Lee Tompkins. In the aftermath of the Wayne Foundation fiasco, Bruce rediscovers his inner vigilante and Alfred returns to Wayne Manor with him. Selina takes matters into her own hands, forever finding an enemy in Ivy, and with Lee thrown onto the streets and Sophia in ascendancy, Jim turns to Harvey for help to end Sophia's reign in Gotham. Lots of moving parts in this episode, and as you said, John, lots of reunions. Um, great to see Harvey Bullock and Jim Gordon back together again, even if it was a bit rocky. Great to see Bruce and Alfred back together again even if it was also a bit rocky. And great to see Selena and Ivy get a scene together and a really good scene yeah. for the two characters. I have to say, so impressed with Cameron Bikendova in this in this scene between the two of them. A really good moment for her. She's been a little bit in the background for the last season or so, or with multiple members of the cast. So having just a, a single scene with another character like the new Ivy uh, was great. And I liked how they kind of tied it in to the history of Ivy. Which brings us to our first point. Case note number one, Ivy goes after her parents' murder this was really cool I love that they are bringing it right back to the pilot right back to that moment at the beginning where Harvey took his gun and shot Ivy Pepper's father thinking he was the murderer of Bruce Wayne's parents that one mistake coming back to bite Harvey three seasons on is fantastic I really like the choice here yeah, it's a really nice um, look back into uh, season one of Gotham and bringing it relevantly back into season four mm. with Ivy on her vendetta. This time, nothing to do with the plants, but to do with her parents. And if I remember rightly, her parents really were not necessarily that great to her either. And no. um, so, you know, again, she's using this for um, a way to get hold of um, Jim Gordon, yeah. uh, and also so that she can take down the Wayne Enterprise people at the Wayne Foundation, uh, where also Bruce is is speaking. So it's really, really good. I, I love the fact that um, the the sort of shootout between Jim and Harvey, although it's Harvey doing most of the shooting, yeah. is in a whiskey barrel storage place or it's beer all the barrels are getting shot out and the liquor is escaping through those bullet holes mm -hmm. uh, i was expecting to see harvey kind of drinking uh some of, some of that <laughs> whiskey or beer as it escaped the barrels for sure but i really like this because it had some home truths come in here between jim and harvey and jim uh bit back just as much as he was bitten by by harvey bullock who was glamoured by ivy's uh, flower scent and so he was operating under the influence uh, of her power here yeah. um, and i really also enjoyed um you know the the bar um harvey's bar were he's not there he's not working and, and we see him later on slouched on the sofa you know with bottles of whiskey around him he's obviously been watching the late night game or something like that mm -hmm. and he's still in his uh, boxer shorts um, but I love that moment, as I said, right at the start, where Ivy blows her poisonous pollen onto everyone. And you get that amazing scene when the GCPD turn up, Lucius, Jim, and they're just all slumped over with these poisonous plants cool. sprouting from them. And of course, their immediate thought is, what about Harvey? Where he is still very much hungover 
in his apartment and unknowingly for him all this chaos is going about and he is a target of ivy um, and especially then that he does try to go after her himself still in his boxer shorts yeah. as well that was a nice uh, little touch nice comedy moment there <laughs> from old harvey um but yeah really uh, really good here yeah it was it was and think a nice little nod to the fact that it was st patrick's day this weekend and our irish harvey bullock is out drinking uh, on his own and staying out of work the following day and um, yeah i think some of harvey's moments brought a little bit of levity, levity to the show and just like we always say about our wonderful donald logue playing harvey bullock he also had some of the best dramatic moments in the show. Can I just call out here, because this is really where it all leads to, is the conversation between Jim and Harvey as they reunite at the end of the episode, having forgiven each other for the things they've done in the past. Harvey saying, I blamed you for too much of the things that I've done wrong in my life. I'm the one responsible for it. And after four and a half seasons, Jim Gordon admitting He's done something wrong and needs the help of Harvey to overcome it. Fabulous scene between Definitely. the two guys. And great. It, it's felt like a big payoff moment, even though it's just dialogue. It's not a huge action sequence. It's leading into something else in future, but it felt like a huge payoff for their friendship and their relationship. And it needed to happen because Harvey's been pushing Jim away now for a number of episodes, a number of months, really, uh, in, in our time. Um but it's nice to see that they really did work to get them back together and back on the same page again. Yes, this is one of the reunions of this episode. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it is. I love the fact that Jim confesses his mistake and says, I need your help, Harvey. And I love the fact that Harvey as well, uh, you know, begins to realize that he also has caused many of these problems. He's not innocent in this. But I also love how, you know, it took a few episodes, a number of episodes, in fact, for these two to come back together. It was, you know, little steps. It was tentative. It did cause really hurtful accusations to be thrown about between the two of them. Absolutely. And here, it, it feels like a natural reunion and coming together. Um, it really, really does. And I have to say, yeah, I am... Um, all up for Jim confessing his mistake here after four and a half seasons. Mm -hmm. uh, it is good to start it somewhere. Yes. <laughs> and nice little references back to our former captains of the GCPD as well. Obviously, Jim's in that role at the moment. Harvey was in it before him. We had Captain Essen at the beginning of the show, who was the murdered captain and was murdered by Jerome. And obviously, we had the crazy captain, which was Captain Barnes, who's gone a bit crazy and has now disappeared off into the sunset, executing the guilty. Yes, he is still in the wind, like some of Ivy's poisonous pollen. Mm -hmm. um, and are we going to see him back executing away, being judge, jury and executioner indeed? I always wonder when they break up a character that you haven't talked about in a season or so, do, does that mean we're going to see them again pretty soon? I suspect he may be back joining up with uh, Jerome and his brand new gang that, we're, that will start to form as the season continues. John, do you want to go to case number two? Yes, case note number two, Ivy versus Selena. This was really good to see these two have their clash moment as mm -hmm. well. You know, they were as tight as anything, these two. They were both friends. Uh, going, again, right back to season one, um, helped 
each other out, street urchins looking out for one another, protecting each other. And gradually over time, Ivy, through various ways, has become um, advanced in her age much quicker than Selena. Mm-hmm. Um, but here we have Selena stand up to Ivy. You know, Selena, as she says herself, and I love that line. I'm no hero uh, when she's accused by Ivy of trying to be the, the hero to stop her her plan of literally killing everyone in Gotham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And the one thing, obviously, is that, that not only have they been friends, Selina has also been the one that's been taking care of Ivy much of that time. She has always been the one that's always almost been the mother figure in Ivy's life from when she found her on the street in the first season. So... Now for her to be looking at this older woman, 10 years or so older than her, who is treating her like a child, even though I believe Ivy's actually younger than Selena by a few years. So this is starting to wind the two of them up. And Selena knows Ivy's doing the wrong thing and has gone crazy. She's now treating the plants that are in her house as her only friends when Selena used to be her best friend. Yeah, and like Ivy has gone way too far. I love the standoff between these two. You know, Selena that destroys the last of Ivy's uh, Lazarus water. Yes. And, and Ivy's really not expecting that and then goes for the throat. But Selena has her flick knife there at Ivy's belly. So, you know, really... A great little standoff between these two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately, um, it ends with them both giving each other the respect and, and moving uh, apart, probably to be in that kind of love-hate relationship that I felt really embodies um, these two characters that come from the comics. Mm-hmm. You know, you really get that sense in the comics that they kind of don't mind working together when it suits them, but ultimately would always try and be out for the other. Um, and the, there's this kind of this love hate relationship where they partner up when they need to, or when Ivy needs something from Selena and yeah. vice versa. But ultimately they have their own separate ways. And I think here we see the the divergence. This is one of the non reunions that happen. And in fact is this kind of split up um, of these two characters now in a fairly uh, substantive way. Yeah. And I, I, I agree. There is, that great moment just to call it out as well that selena is the one that that gives in first closes down her switchblade and put and throws it up to the floor effectively saying i still don't believe you're going to kill me to ivy even though that's the the opportunity that ivy would have had to kill her uh, she still believes her friend is still in there so as you say this is setting up the love-hate relationship between the two of them they hopefully will come back and trust each other in the future but they're not going to be on the same level of friends that they have been in the past that's kind of the the concept and as you say many of the interactions between these two characters is they tend to manipulate each other to help each other out rather than just going to them and saying i have a plan do you want to join me on it it seems to they try and manipulate each other but selena's too smart to be manipulated most of the time and ivy's very smart as well so it always leads to some really fun interesting dynamics between the two so i don't think this is the last we're going to see the two of them together um but they definitely won't be the same as they were in the past no definitely not but probably my favorite one of my favorite moments of this episode yeah i think this is the moment that i've really wanted to see 
Mm-hmm. I think when the character of Selena Kyle is given some excellent writing in Gotham, I think Cameron B. Condover is absolutely superb. Yeah. She's superb anyway. When she's given a dramatic scene or scenes, uh, or is given turmoil, like we've seen with her and, and Bruce, I think she is absolutely fantastic because she embodies that anti-hero that the Catwoman is. You know, she is no hero, but she it will not go crazy. She is not a joker. And she is not this power mad, vengeful poison ivy yeah. either. And I, I think that's a really nice um, aspect to Selena Kyle's character in, in Gotham, as well as in the comics in general. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to get on to our third case note and one of the big. Big reunions. It didn't look like that at first, but we have here Bruce and Alfred tentatively reconnecting here. Um, Again, this was really fantastic, and I'm glad that they played it and extended it out over the full episode. Again, it really just gave that realism to the fact that, you know, Alfred was just fired by Bruce. Bruce had been a bit of a nasty bit of work to Alfred and now he comes back asking for his help and Alfred really is like no not yet you need to show who you are and what you're about and how you want to move forward uh, before I'm going to come back but you know he is reticent here to say yes and I still think he probably wants to deep down but he's not going to let Bruce off the hook that easily Uh, and I really liked how this played out. I mean, we even did see Bruce uh, again being a bit shirty with um, Alfred again, where he said it was a mistake for me to to reach out. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, okay, so I did think that they weren't going to be getting back together in this episode at all. But the events at the the Wayne Foundation annual dinner yeah. really um, bring Alfred and Bruce back, and not only that, but it brings Bruce back in black as well uh, with his uh, vigilante outfit, which was really, really cool. I did like that. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that he's saving people all around Alfred and Alfred as well. Just great moments seeing him step up to this moment where he is the vigilante that's able to save the people around him. I also have to say that speech by speech by David Mazus in front of the entire audience that's in there, where he changes the speech to include the fact that the reason why he's here today is because of Alfred. I think it's fantastic. I also like the fact that Alfred still says that's not enough. It's only when Bruce accepts who he really is that Alfred starts to come back towards him. Selena also plays a key role in these scenes as well. Yes. Uh, you talked about her before. The scenes that we have with Bruce and Selena in the past have always been really good when the two of those actors get to play off each other. But having Selena really tell the truths to Bruce as to how he's treated Alfred in the past, that he doesn't treat him with respect, that he needs to go out and do something about this and she's not going to help anymore it's another rug pulling out from under bruce wayne to make him realize how low he's fallen now without the help of alfred and he needs his friend back in his life again so it's it's a great moment just to have her push and push him away um another fantastic moment for selena in this episode yeah definitely and of course we see bruce get shot here Uh, i'm sure that like the shock of that just before ad break yes. uh, were Bruce's shot by Jim Gordon of all people uh, as, as Bruce is kind of chasing down a number of the the heavies that Ivy's brought along to disrupt this annual dinner. But yeah, 
Jim is there thinking it's one of those and instead shoots uh, Bruce. But yes. luckily and thankfully, after the ad break, we see that <laughs> Bruce did have um, a bulletproof vest on. And of course, whilst he's been knocked off his feet, he's still alive and unharmed. Yeah, I've been talking about this recently because we've been covering, obviously, Jessica Jones. It's a Netflix show over on our Defenders TV podcast. I've been talking recently about the difference between those types of shows, which are an hour-long show that want to get you to press the button to watch the next show immediately, whereas Gotham has to do something so different. It has to give you a cliffhanger every 12 minutes of the show, so you keep watching that episode, and then a big moment at the end of each episode, so you come back seven days later. It feels sometimes catching your breath watching this show can be difficult because so much is going on. We break it down into five points every week, but you could easily have 20 in these kinds of episodes when there's so much going on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, going back to the point of Bruce and Alfred tentatively getting back together, I love how this episode ends with Alfred going back to back with Bruce to Wayne Manor, fixing him up like he always did in the past, and then Bruce saying to him, I can drive you wherever you want to go, and Alfred going, why would I want to go anywhere? I'm home. Yeah, absolutely. A little dewy-eyed there from, from myself whilst I was watching that. Genuine tears. Yes. Yeah, really, really good to see them back together. They are a great team. And it's been slightly wrenching, to be honest, to see them apart. And to hear Alfred at the start of this episode effectively turn Bruce's uh, olive branch down um, mm-hmm. was really, really interesting. I kind of did think, oh, so they are going to go that way then. And that surprised me, to be honest. Um, But I really enjoyed it because it did just make it so much more tense and then so much more chocolate gooey centre at the end when they finally are both back home and can begin on this uh, amazing journey as uh, Bruce and Alfred Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the team up to find Batman, ultimately. Absolutely, and I have to admit, Alfred was absolutely right to push Bruce away and give him a little bit of that knowledge that he let Alfred down. It's really important that Bruce feels this. He was, as you say, really bad to... Alfred, at the end of last season, he treated him so badly. And this guy has been there through everything for Bruce. Um, So he did need to have a little bit of a a pushback against him. So I'm glad they were able to do that in this episode and make it feel realistic, as as you said. Going on to point four. You know what I love after doing 118 episodes of Gotham TV podcast? I love being wrong. I love being wrong because... I watch this show, we scrutinize it together and have done for four and a half years. We always think we know what's going to happen next. And when the writers do what they do to some of the characters and pull the rug out from under you, with our Riddler going to Oswald in Arkham, that was a total surprise. I mentioned on last week's podcast, I thought that Oswald was writing the letter to his friend, Ed Nigma. He hates the Riddler. Why would he be writing a letter to the Riddler? But it was all there for you on the screen if you'd been a little bit smarter than I was. The riddle that was left behind by Enigma to Oswald said, you dare not speak my name. And I'd kind of forgotten that Oswald would never speak the Riddler's name. He would never call Enigma the Riddler all the way throughout season three and into season four. So this was absolutely spelled out for me and I got it wrong. So I'm very happy with that. Well done, Gotham TV. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I Again, another big reunion here. The Penguin and the Riddler are reunited in Arkham from Ed Nigma effectively being tricked by his alter ego mm-hmm. inside his head, the Riddler. I really loved the struggle of Ed Nigma at the start here um, as the Riddler is just teasing him and baiting him. And, I mean, to the point where, um, you know, he 
contemplates and prepares for suicide yeah. because he has found a place with Leslie Tompkins. And in some ways, that also made this really tragic because the Riddler forces him away from that. You know, he feels like he's found a home, has Ed, but now is forced to either kill himself to get the Riddler out of Ed's head. There's a lot of Ed's heads, Sned, Fred, <laughs> dead. Um, but certainly... Um, I love this struggle um, that he's being wrenched from his home that he's made since he was defrosted. Um, he doesn't want to kill Leslie Tompkins. He knows that he has tried to do that when the Riddler has taken over his personality with the toy maker. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, first it's suicide. And then he comes to that arrangement with the Riddler that he will put himself, he'll voluntarily put himself into Arkham Asylum. And instead, that's a absolute trick by the Riddler uh, because of this letter from, from Oswald. Mm -hmm. um, and he does a riddle of what has two eyes but cannot see. And in the end, it is just simply, it's Ed Nigma because yes. he can't read the, the code strewn through the letter that Oswald has sent to Ed Nigma to try and reach out to the Riddler. So in the end, we have this reunion of these two massive villains in the Gotham universe, mm -hmm. the Riddler and the Penguin. Just after the offer from Jerome to join his big gang of the ultimate crazies of Gotham together. Now we have two more pieces on that chessboard into Arkham Asylum. That's really cool. Really intrigued about what this means how is the Riddler going to work with Jerome and Oswald in the future? This is going to be interesting. Yes, this will be one unhappy family, I think, of the creme de chaos. Yes. Um, and I suspect they will all be in it for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, it will certainly be a Julius Caesar moment at some point. I'm sure there will be a lots of stabbing in the back. Uh, but speaking of dysfunctional families, oh, yes. I think on to case note number five. Another surprise. Yeah. A family, but a family that is broken. Mm. There is trouble in family Falcone. Yes, Sophia and Leslie Tompkins. I actually thought it was quite nice just to uh, just remind everyone that Leslie is in fact her sister-in-law through yeah. the marriage to Mario. Mm -hmm. um, however short that was. And here was just a fantastic bit of uh, between a rock and a hard place for, for Leslie Tompkins. You know, Sophia gives her an impossible condition to meet uh, in terms of getting 30% of all the legal and illegal revenue raised in the Narrows to Sophia. And in the end, that gets Leslie scrambling. I do love Ed Nigma here, helping her out with his little um, spy network of children. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, but, hilarious. Yeah. But ultimately, they do work their magic, and they understand that this is about getting after Jim and she realizes that she's trying to do that through Leslie. However, in the end, it is all simply a bit of a ruse. Like, Sophia is absolutely dead set on what she wants. Mm -hmm. And she is uncompromising in how she'll get it. And that is fantastic. I mean, she really is driven. And she is really, really quite evil. Um, and I, I think that 
the hammer scene with Leslie Tompkins, I was just not expecting. Yeah. You know, I really did think that Leslie had come on a solution here where she could retain the narrows and instead it's just thrown out. It's thrown aside by Sophia and she really hammers home the point, um, <laughs> dare I say it, um, of being loyal to her um, and she feels that Leslie hasn't, as well as ultimately trying to get at Jim Gordon. Um, and yeah, what, four or five hammer smashes uh, to Leslie's hand mm-hmm. um, and she winds up in hospital, but she isn't saying anything though. And here Sophia deposes um Leslie Tompkins and reinstates Samson, the 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 larger than life character who used to control the narrows and who uh, Leslie had poisoned and then given the antidote to. Um, but yes, here he, she is thrown out onto the streets and Samson comes in to take her place to work and bend the knee for Sophia. So Sophia is really trying to, you know, absolutely tighten her control in fact get complete control uh, in gotham now because this was the remaining district of gotham that hadn't as such bended the knee the interesting thing is as well leslie had offered to bend the knee mm-hmm. as well and to be her loyal subject at least to keep the peace and again completely thrown aside by uh, sophia here so whilst not a reunion more of a family divorce, so to speak, as yeah. to what's happened here. Um, again, I, I love these different contrasts of reunions uh, and, of course, breakups that are going on uh, throughout this episode. It's really, really good. Yeah, I was definitely getting some uh, some Game of Thrones vibes in here uh, with the talk of bending the knee to the Queen of, of Gotham. Uh, it's definitely getting some Cersei Lannister uh, moments from, uh, from Sophia in here. And also fun for the second time this week to be talking about a doctor with broken hands. Yes. After Doctor Strange, yeah. Um, but, of course, he, she only has one broken hand because Sophia does say, since you're my sister, I'll only do one. She does one hand, but yeah. she hits it about five or six times. <laughs> I really was expecting her to hit it just once. Yeah. And then she, the hammer blows just kept on coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, this leads to, as you were saying uh, earlier, Jim and Harvey coming together as they really acknowledge what they've done to each other. And Jim in particular acknowledges his mistake, his error, and and confesses. But ultimately now we have gung-ho Harvey and Jim out to take down Sophia. So this will be pretty mighty, I think. I think so. Pretty mighty. I think so. So those are our top five case notes of the week. Any moment of the week that stands out amongst all those wonderful moments this episode, John? There are loads for me. I uh, loved the barfly being geraniumed um, here. (laughs) Absolutely loved that. Um, And again, in terms of smaller characters, I would go with the barfly. There weren't that many uh, Mm. in this episode, but just the fact that he's speaking with Ivy and I loved his pose slumped over his own bar with this geranium, killer geranium, sprouting from his torso. That actually just brings up a quick question for me. Ivy's now lost the ability to create new weapons based on the Lazarus liquid that was destroyed by Selena. But these plants regrow in the host after she blows the plants. So does that mean she can effectively create an unlimited supply of these killer plants if she just keeps seeding them over and over again? Gardener John, any I, ideas? I would say so. Yeah. I would say, you know, they're all poisonous, um, even the ones sprouting from the, the torsos. I also love that the little uh, center flower display on each of the tables at Wayne's 
Foundation's annual dinner had one of her poisonous plants True. as well. So yeah. I suspect, yes, that, that is the case. Probably come back. And I did like Lucius Fox making sure that everybody stayed well clear of those plants as well. It was quite cool. Great to see Lucius Fox being used in all of the episodes so far this season. It's been, uh, or this half of the season. It's been good seeing uh, him being used much more regularly in the show. But certainly, uh, I think some of the other moments of the week, we have Bruce back in his outfit. Yeah. We have Bruce being shot. You know, we think he's dead, but luckily his Kevlar comes to his rescue. Well, you say we think he's dead, but we know he's not. No. <laughs> but it's a surprising moment. Definitely. We have Hammer Time uh-huh. with Sophia and, and Leslie. So uh, loads of really big moments in, in Gotham uh, this week. Mm-hmm. As for Gotham Character of the Week, it's so difficult to pick a character this week. We usually, as John said, we usually go for a smaller character. But this had so many of our major characters in the show this week. I think Selina just just got it a little bit more, just a nose above some of the other characters in the show because she hasn't had a big moment for a bit of a while. So it's really good to see her get two great moments, one with Bruce and the other with Ivy uh, in this episode. I hope to see lots more of Cameron Brickendova in the show uh, in the future because she can tend to be blended into the background when she's with the sirens because both of the other sirens are pretty crazy and stand out uh, quite significantly. So um, so all three of them tend to be on a level playing field. I'd like to see some really good moments with Selena coming up, and this was a great episode for her. Yes, I would definitely agree with you uh, on Character of the Week. I think Selena Kyle was awesome, uh, and Cameron Beacondover really played it so, so well. Um, so definitely uh, Selena Kyle for me as well. Which, of course, is not taking away from how wonderful David Mazus and Sean Perfi were this week. They were, once again, great. But I think if we gave them Character of the Week, we'd be doing it every week, really. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've always said their, their moments together are, are some of the best on the show. John, how would you rate Gotham Season 4, Episode 14, Reunion? I would give this four and a half hammer smacks out of five. Ooh, half a hammer smack. Yes. That's still probably a sore after the first four, but yeah. That's four and a half out of five for this week. Yeah, a really, really good episode. Mm-hmm. The title of the episode says it all here. We have coming togethers and breaking apart of really key characters here. We have the return of the Riddler. We have almost the return of the Penguin as well. You know, he is taking on his own alter ego from Oswald uh, by, in effect, calling upon the Riddler here. I loved selena kyle confront ivy i just thought that was such a good thing to have in the show because you know these two have been solid as those street urchins and now as they have matured and grown up they've parted ways because um one is effectively gone crazy with plant juice Mm -hmm. and the other is beginning to find herself and know who she is and i really really enjoyed that we have bruce and alfred coming together and jim and harvey coming together what is not to like here um and i I think what makes it even better is that it, they took their time. They really explored how people would be upset, be reticent about coming back together and joining back up again. Yeah. Uh, so it really felt natural and it really um, just developed those relationships so, so much. And then, of course, you have Sophia as well, kind of going crazy on power here and taking down her own sister-in-law. So massive, massive events going on in this episode of Gotham. And uh, again, looking forward to the next episode, as I am saying all the time now uh, when I'm reviewing Gotham. 
Yeah, totally agree with you. This is another fantastic episode with great cliffhangers, great moments of excitement uh, throughout the show. Really, really enjoyed it. I think we've talked enough for a couple of minutes. John, do you want to go on to feedback? Sure do. Our first piece of feedback is a voicemail feedback from Claire Payne. The title of this episode Reunion has been the clearest of any of the Gotham titles. There was acceptance, good reunions and bad reunions between sisters that didn't end up so well. Boo for Sophia for using a hammer on Lee's hand. I am continually impressed by Ivy and her storyline. As all good villains in Gotham, she used television as a media to spread the word that the people of Gotham would be turning into a botanical city. Really clever how Ivy's revenge on Harvey for killing her father brought Jim and Harvey back working together. A few truths were omitted by Harvey in that he lays just as much rubbish on Jim and Jim confessing about covering up Sophia killing Professor Pig. We'll hopefully see Harvey with his badge back next week. Selena is my character of the week. Gotham does drama extremely well, but it's never OTT. Selena's maturity with Jim near the beginning of the episode was impressive. Selena's advice to Bruce was honest and she put her life in the hands of Ivy. Loved how Selena got the last of the Lazarus water by using her whip and then destroyed it. Selena being warned not to get in Ivy's way again was a great way to end this intense scene. Ed versus Ed has to be my favourite scene from discussing cuckoo pills to nearly hanging himself and then eventually deciding to voluntarily put himself back in Arkham so Ed won't harm Leslie. With the reveal of Oswald's letter actually written to the Riddler in which the Riddler being persuaded to go to Arkham, Oswald accepting that Ed is the Riddler was a delight to see these two ready to start working together again. Alfred was absolutely right to deliver the tough truth to Bruce. I was amazed at how emotional these scenes were. The speech at the fundraiser where Bruce changed his words to show Alfred how sorry he was didn't get his friend back. But when Bruce wanted to save Alfred dressed in a dark hood and partial face mask, I loved the proud look on Alfred's face when Bruce went to save the other people in the ballroom. I don't think this was a crazy episode compared to last week's as it had a great amount of drama after all Harvey did forget his pants reunion has set a good pace for the rest of the season which I am sure will be crazy thank you very much speak to you soon thanks so much for that piece of feedback Claire really good to hear your thoughts on the episodes yeah actually we were talking about it last episode about it being uh, advertised as another crazy week in Gotham and last week definitely was crazier this was much more of a drama filled episode and it's a really good point that you make Claire in terms of the drama on this show, the drama itself is never extreme. The drama's good drama. The show can be extreme, though. Some of the things they do on the show can be quite extreme. But the drama itself is well-written and usually well-paced and very well-acted. So a uh, really good point about Gotham. Yeah, thank you, Claire, for that. I completely agree with you on Ed versus Ed. So, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, boo for Sophia, indeed. <laughs> I, I think she went slightly overboard on attacking her own sister-in-law mm-hmm. uh, with Leslie Tompkins. And, and certainly now that Leslie has that confidence that she's developed in the Narrows, I suspect, for example, Samson will not be let off so lightly when she's out of hospital. And I think Sophia as well should be looking over her shoulder for Leslie Tompkins. Um, yeah, 
Ivy's storyline has been fantastic and I'd be really interested to see where it goes from here now because um, we can't just simply have her going after Wayne Enterprises uh, sort of ad infinitum. Maybe she will. Maybe she'll take a different tact. Yeah. Uh, maybe she shall try and burrow under Wayne Manor with tree roots or something. Who knows? But um, it'll be interesting to see how and where her story goes uh, here. Will it be more confrontation with Selena um, or will these two be keeping a respectful distance definitely mm-hmm. uh, yeah great great episode uh, of gotham and indeed the drama is of high quality yeah and you've reminded me of something that i wanted to do when i watched the episode i wanted to go side by side with that poison ivy on screen versus jerome back when he kidnapped captain essen or held the gcpd excuse me and talked on the screen to the city of gotham uh, i'd love to put those two side by side and noticed really good touch from the director of the episode as you were getting little bits of fade on the camera that was being broadcast by poison ivy you get green flashes going through like plants effectively and um, something similar was happening when jerome was was uh, doing his speech to gotham so i want to do those side by side but a nice little call out there we also have some feedback over on our Facebook group over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcast. Johnny Reese goes, so good to have things return to their natural state of being. In, from Alfred, I'm not going anywhere, sir. I'm home. And from Harvey, I've been a bad, bad man. <laughs> yes, you were, Harvey, in particular, flashing those legs um, to everyone at such an early time of the morning. Um, it's a good job you remembered, though, that you weren't wearing any pants. True. And yeah, I think, as we said previously um, to hear Alfred mutter those words, uh, I'm not going anywhere, sir, I'm home, was pure soft-centeredness and so good to hear yeah yeah richard blaze says thought it started out as a bit of a filler episode but gathered pace at a ridiculous speed anyone else begin to squeal with excitement when bruce put the mask slash hood on and started to dispatch with the bad yeah i think you could probably hear me outside of my house uh with how excited i was at seeing that scene richard yes and then finally oswald clifton goes Loved every second of the episode. It truly felt like an actual Batman episode, especially when Bruce put on the hood and mask to save Alfred and Jim chasing after him. It also reminded me of Batman Begins as well. Finally, Penguin and Riddler's scene was beyond perfect. Yeah, the scenes here were just incredible from everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was great to see Bruce put on that that black hood uh, for sure and, and yeah reconnect with his inner vigilante yes and i totally agree with you those moments between penguin and riddler just a little taster of what we're going to see in future it's great to see them back together they've been apart for way too long yet yeah, so thank you claire johnny richard and oswald for all that feedback it is really appreciated Absolutely. Send in your feedback to us on feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com or over on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash gothamtvpodcast. Uh, just one other thing to mention, there was a little bit of a rumor going around this weekend uh, over on Twitter that Gotham has been officially renewed for season five. It's incorrect. There isn't an official renewal out there. We'll absolutely be talking about it as soon as there's an official confirmation. We've heard nothing from Fox about it at all. It seems that a site has kind of jumped 
the gun a little bit. It's a little bit unfortunate because it means that we don't get to be as excited as we will be when I think we're going to get our renewal for, for Gotham Season 5 pretty soon. It's usually around May time um, for a show that's this late into its run. Uh, it's only two episodes back from its big break uh, at, after Christmas time, so I don't think they've had time to evaluate the show yet and decide whether they're going to give it a Season 5. Uh, but we know Season 4 has finished filming now, so it won't be long before they make the decision on Season 5. So let's all get really excited when it gets when we get an official confirmation but it is a little bit of a pity that this story is doing the rounds without any kind of sourcing on it at all yeah it's it's tough to know whether it's true or not because ultimately um something that big certainly if it's official you would expect press releases from fox of which there hasn't been any and certainly uh, last time when uh it was renewed for season four all the cast were promoting that as well mm-hmm. on on Twitter and on Facebook. So nothing uh, along those lines as of yet. So it would suggest to me a false start at the moment yeah. on the starting blocks. But we are definitely hopeful that a season five will be renewed because there's certainly time um, available for Fox to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I think they'd just be shouting it for the rooftops. And so would we, of course, because that would mean Gotham TV podcast season Five and a half, actually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, fellow detectives and Gothamites, for this episode of Gotham TV Podcast. We'll be back next week for Gotham A Dark Knight, Season 4, Episode 15, The Sinking Ship, The Grand Applause. Intriguing title. I love it. It sounds so kind of... Um, epic. Epic, yeah. And kind of ye oldy. I'm thinking 1930s Titanic here. Uh, you know, Charleston being danced uh, around Gotham by various people. I don't know. That's really, I love that title. It is really so, so good. Do you think we're going to get a flashback to the early days of Gotham again? Oh, could be, could be. <laughs> As um, the ships arrive to grand applause. Yes. Sinking, though, unfortunately. <laughs> but what's the sinking ship? I wonder if it's Arkham. It's finally sinking under the weight of Jerome, uh, the Penguin and the Riddler. Or it could be the Nigmobble pot ship is sinking. Yes. <laughs> Possibly. To grand applause from Jerome. Maybe, maybe. Thank you so much for joining us again. We will talk to you next time. Yeah, as always, it has been great speaking with you, and we'll speak with you again next time. Bye. Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby.